0: Hey, have a seat for a second, by the way. Look it. I have never seen a bunch of guys look so fucking down when something bad happens. What are you guys, like prima donna perfect that if you can't fucking handle adversity, so shit's not going right. It's not fucking working the last ten days. Fucking get your heads out of your ass and fucking make it work by outworking the opposition. You kill two fucking men and then we stand around and and watch it while they fucking score here. Fucking you come to the bench like fucking this and when the power play it's not working so you're trying to stick handle. You're looking like this and not standing. Outwork the fucking guys. If you want it, don't just think you want it. Go out and fucking want it but you're not looking like you want it you look like you're feeling sorry for yourself and nobody fucking wants anybody that's feeling sorry for themselves you got twenty fucking minutes you're down by one fucking shot surely the fuck we can deal with this speed, agility, power I'm a big fan of these things all of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion I see you- Jumping to look on your face. When you're rising by something I just can't do now. I've been around by your heart. I'm looking for you just to show some light on my day. Since I've been on your way, I've been called I've looked at of new sensation. I hear you. I have a profile
1: pick. Ah, uh, I'm calling out like Stan Chara. I'm going out like Zidane Ochara. <laughs> I
2: thought you were going to say you're going out like Stan Smeal. Ah, uh, that would have been good. <laughs>
3: uh, he's been here forever. He's not. Apparently, he's not going to leave. Uh, no. I don't know. Uh, holy shit! Oh, yeah, I don't know, know what to do mail. with my hands. We we have we have a voicemail. Fuck it, play it. I don't care. Oh wait, but we have to like do the whole. Making no, just play, play the voicemail. Stuff. Who cares? We'll play, we'll we'll make this the cold open. Play Play it into the mic somehow.
1: Is that doable? Can you do that? <laughs> Oh fucking no. I'm gonna has, I think I'm he has gonna the worst mic too. Right <laughs> <laughs> he has the, the worst, worst mic Mike. of anyone on the show and he's gonna play through yeah. the mic.
3: Now, listeners probably listeners besides Chris Faber probably won't remember because I think he's the only one who's listened to every episode. But our very <laughs> first episode, we didn't we kept uh we kept weaseling around not recording until the moment arrived where we traded Erica Branson. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. literally the first episode was us just popping champagne bottles Uh, figuratively literally I forget it may have just been a bottle of apple cider growers or something Uh, (laughs) but I I have uh, cracked open a bottle of red I've been saving for a while you got Uh,
1: me a uh, spicy chicken sandwich and brought it to me in a Jacobin bag yeah yeah (laughs) The one that said, war to the
3: palaces, peace to the huts. That's right. Then, war to the press yeah, Boxes, war... peace to
1: the fans. <laughs> there you
3: go. Our motto. Uh, we we have with us, fuck the intro. Yeah. We have with us uh, Cody Sieberton. Uh We were originally going to do this uh, just about the baby Canucks. Uh, we're not going to do that today for the most part. And we also have uh, insider uh, David Quadrelli. Uh, David, what do you know? And what can you tell us?
4: Oh my gosh, that's a pretty <laughs> open-ended, uh, open-ended first question. Happy to be here, by the way. Um,
2: yeah, thanks for joining. Us. Again, I'm yeah, start yeah. off by saying thank you. Instead of demanding information.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the information that we do have right now is basically like I, I. I know I said before we started recording that like I had more stuff and like I, I knew all the names and I like called Cody, but that's just because he sent me DoorDash. Um, <laughs> all the names have kind of been reported now. Which is good, but it means that I don't really have anything crazy for you guys. Like everything's been reported. It's okay. It's sounding like it's going to be a group of the Sadin twins, uh, Stance Meal and Chris Gear coming together. Now, the name that I was kind of hearing tossed around was Stance Meal. And that was, you know, even before Jim was let go, we were hearing that name thrown around as the interim GM. Uh, But I think kind of going with the collaborative approach is. Is really interesting for this organization. And sorry, I don't want to dominate the discourse here, but one thing that immediately came to mind for me, and it's only been in like three minutes in my head, but the thing that comes to mind right away is kind of what Mike Gillis was talking about in his uh, leaked presentation for the Pittsburgh Penguins about how he wants to change the way a front office. operates and how he wants there to be four AGMs who work in collaboration right and there's different scouting departments that sort of thing and and the main thing is just the four AGMs that I kind of think of there and the collaborative process so I, I have to go back to a joke from a past Roxy Beaver episode when Jackson said how funny is it that they with the Mike Gillis hiring perhaps like fumbled their way into one of the most progressive hires by accident and now they're like copying Mike Gillis's thing by accident like that's just perfect.
1: Yeah, that is. That is yeah, great. I agree.
3: Yeah,
4: I, accident,
1: I don't even which is
3: which is the key because they will somehow they'll, they'll somehow write the ship in their own minds and and give it back to some stooge, I'm sure. Well, is there anything?
1: Is there anything to the Cheka stuff?
3: I, I on that really quickly. I so we got a DM from somebody saying, "Uh, if, we got a DM from Squirt Russell." Uh, <laughs> Saying that uh, it would be a per- hiring Chayka would be a perfect way, uh, thing that for the Aquilines to do, uh, because it'd be spitting in the face of uh, dearly beloved Jason Boschford's memory. Uh, I'm so that is just like the stupidest thing that could happen, which is probably what will happen.
4: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen personally. <laughs> I, just, I, I haven't heard anything like like reputable. It's um, so nice to
3: have a voice of reason
4: on the show. Well, this is, it, is I don't think, like, I'm sorry, but I, I know you guys all watch the media coverage that happens, but when John Jacob got let go, it was like, analytics, they suck, but does John Jacob deserve to be publicly executed for it? We'll see. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true to Like that's, that's how it felt. I I honestly don't think John Chayka is going to work in the NHL again. And I I don't think Vancouver is going to be the place to give him another shot.
5: Yeah. He was, he's going to be like going down in history books as the only GM to be fired and actually get like slapped on the wrist, but like with like a hard slap by the actual league for conduct unbecoming of an NHL GM. And that's coming from an organization that's, I don't know, covered up how much uh, sexual assault, racism, violence towards its players. You know what I mean? Like he, of all people, Chaka got the slap on the wrist because he leveraged his weight in Dairy Queen franchises over uh, <laughs> his, his priority in helping his team win in playoffs. So not he a great mark. He also
1: did uh, phrenology. <laughs> which you're not supposed to do unless you're you're allowed to do that if you're covering the draft, but you're not actually like allowed to measure skull plates um, (laughs) heading into uh, uh, the combine or whatever.
5: That is like my favorite. One of my favorite Botchford articles that like lingers in my brain is him just like you can hear him laughing through the article at the stuff he'd heard about what Chaka and the Arizona Coyotes were doing to like 17-year-olds by measuring their skull size. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite articles because it just makes Chaka look like a complete loon. I I loved it. He uh he owned the
1: company that did the uh the the infamous uh Prust chart,
5: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like- show, show me numbers that make Prust look worthy of the the assets we gave up to acquire him. Analytics, baby. <laughs> That's how they work, right, Quads? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you find the data that works for your narrative, and if uh, they don't suit your narrative, well, then they're wrong and stupid, and you should ignore them.
4: Exactly. Just like Alex Chase on. I think actually, as <laughs> as much as uh, as much as like Benning
1: being gone is obviously the uh, like the big story. I think the actual like thing of larger impact that happened today is Travis Green is out and yeah let's start there uh yeah, the man that's a the man Peter i change right now the man I once uh accidentally called Boos Boudreaux uh <laughs> is in um as uh the Canuck's new head coach Boos is no longer loose do we uh do we have any do we have terms on his deal yet I, I don't think two so
3: two years. It's two, two years because oh, somebody not bad. yeah somebody did tweet that tweet about that already. Two um, years that's uh, not bad. Do we know do we know how much?
4: No, not yet. It's not cheap. Yeah,
3: it's
1: going to be sure. a lot of money, but that, um, that's smart that they, because they they can still cut bait like after this year. Then, if it doesn't work,
0: I don't think they yeah. will,
1: but they could. Welcome, we could. Mallory.
6: What's yeah. up?
1: The whole yeah. gang. Oh my gosh. Mal is also joining us. Uh, Justin is going to lose his mind editing this episode. <laughs>
3: this is the luxury of paying a producer. We can <laughs> we can dump so much shit on him.
6: Yeah, well, that's what we said. He was like, I don't feel bad. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> Justin's just
3: going to deal with it. <laughs> I'm already a villain to Justin, so he he can't get too mad at me when he hears that. But thanks for adding me. Uh, uh, yeah, we we're just talking about the coaches uh, because that's the only thing. Well, no, we have confirmation about everything now. I just quads I won't tell us everything though. Cause I
4: wanted to drop something because you guys will really enjoy this. Um, it's not it's no scoop. It's just very funny. And Rob just pointed out that Harmon and I were 14 when Jim Benning was hired. Um, Ugh. but anyway, like I want to say when I was younger, but literally up until like maybe a year or two ago, when I like wasn't really covering hockey professionally, I used to get Claude Julien and Bruce Boudreau mixed up all the time, like. Yeah absolutely no idea because they were always changing teams so i could not tell them apart i was like oh old heavier set white guy like, <laughs> man, they're similar right so i was like both like ice cream a teams. lot so i was like you know now it's a good thing that i i can tell them apart now and i like know the difference because those are the two guys the canucks were talking to so I, i'm glad i can do that now
3: we i don't think we've ever had a stocky bald white guy as a coach in uh, in many years
5: not really. I, I, I think. Right. The, yeah. I think.
3: I think we're hitting a diversity point, right? Mike. Now. Well, Mike Keenan <laughs> was kind of bald, right? He's balding. But he wasn't stocky. He was stalky. pretty, he he was
1: was a pretty lean, though. though. Yeah. 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 Vigneault. had a tough hairline. <laughs> so, Quads, you're the insider. Uh, what's Bruce Boudreaux's favorite flavor of ice cream?
4: <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna guess it's chocolate for sure. I could see him, and this isn't to make fun of Bruce Boudreaux, but I could just see him absolutely chowing down on some chocolate ice cream.
6: No, it's absolutely like an old people ice cream. It's going to be like chestnut praline or like <laughs> something like that.
3: Uh, Justin, please insert the noise from him going to the and dazs at the mall from the 24-7.
2: <laughs> the holiday spirit can brighten even the morning after a tough loss. Besides, Bruce Boudreaux still needs to buy a Christmas gift for his wife. He brings sons Brady and Andrew along for the ride.
0: Why don't we go get some vitamins and some health food? Like at that GNC. No, not quite up our alley. We could just walk down the mall here, Andy, and see the stores that we like, and hop into them, spend six bucks, and then get out of there. What's Eddie Bauer? Oh, that's men. Hagen Daz. Woo! Treats for everybody. Let's go have some ice cream. The shopping is tough, come on. It's never too early for ice cream. It's
4: not even 10
0: o'clock. Okay, fine, (laughs) I'll leave. They don't want me to have ice cream. Hey, if we see anything that catches your way on the way there, get it. Like?
6: A candle?
0: Whatever. Gotta have something. I gotta gotta have something that looks like it's sort of uh, my idea. I gotta go in this store for a minute here.
6: Oh God! Here comes a wallet.
0: What says about nine million dollars?
6: Seventeen sixty.
0: Put it back. There's no purse in the world that I'm buying for seventeen hundred bucks. I smell food. These are shoes. Wrong color. Wrong size. They're going under the, the tree anyway. So she looks like she's got something. <laughs> Now's when I should go back to Hagen <laughs>
3: Also, and, and, and uh, don't extend it as long as the pig noises did last
4: episode, <laughs> which was wonderful,
3: episode. which was awesome.
4: I, okay, I was listening to that episode, and I thought Jackson was just ignoring it and talking over the pig noises. That's
5: <laughs> what I thought, too. It was great. I no, was like, he...
4: holy shit, this guy's going to get his own radio show. Like, how is he able to focus?
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> he was having an afterwards.
4: I almost uh,
1: did get my own radio show. It was, it was uh, uh, snatched from me at the 11th hour. I don't know if I've ever told that story, but
3: uh, we'll see. We'll save that for another it time. For another time yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but real quick for context, for the pig noises, for any listeners, uh, that's because Ian McIntyre once, uh, once gone into a little bit of a feud with Jackson and referred to him as uh, as a pig. Uh, uh yeah, uh,
1: that's right. I have yeah. a, I have an Ian McIntyre reading series later if we have time. I later. Yeah. Later. Code.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, what else to say about the coach? Uh, I mean, it caught me like it caught everybody off guard because there was no discussion about Travis Green. All it said was Elliot Friedman reported that Boos yeah, Uh
6: Well, Georgia, Georgia, who's not here because she's in thesis hell, but she was talking about how Travis and Elliot are like good friends. And so it oh, was shit. like obvious or whatever about how like he was probably like, hey, I'm out. <laughs>
1: Do, are they, oh, do wow. they play cards together? Is that how they know <laughs> each other?
5: Oh, yeah, in money. It's
6: actually, yeah, yeah, that's Green's next venture. He's taking his buyout money
5: and just... Hitting the slots. Not <laughs> to, getting a new job or tables. anything.
6: Yeah. That
5: would be actually so funny if, like, Travis Green just, like, walked away from coaching altogether and, and became one of those celebrities that's always on, like, celebrity party poker tournaments at, like, 11 o'clock at night on Spike TV or whatever it is. That would be great.
4: <laughs> what if he just goes on Cameo and that's, like... <laughs>
3: Whose birthday is coming up? Mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we have to get you, the guy from The Sopranos. We
4: have it's... to get you like, Honestly, I don't really talk about this because, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Nope, nope, too late. <laughs> you said it. it already. You said it already. Well, he doesn't <laughs> like it being kind of out there, but it, it, it is like pretty public information. Like Travis's kid plays in the BCHL. And oh. I've seen Travis at multiple BCHL games and it's just, I don't think Travis is going to leave. And look, his, his family still lives in Anaheim and, or maybe it's not Anaheim specifically. I think it's like Irvine. I mean, he like oh. literally lives in Malibu, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, I some, didn't know that. Somewhere in California. But Do you
3: remember how we showed up to Vegas with the craziest tan? That yeah, explains yeah. everything. That rocked.
4: Yeah. 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 Travis wow. does live here alone during the season. Um, and then I think his his kid is with a Billet family. Uh, not exactly sure about that haven't really talked because again he does not like to talk about this he does not want to talk about um he likes it. to keep his
3: cards close to his chest exactly, ah! exactly.
4: Uh, but he did say like his his son's team was affected by the floods publicly so that's enough for me oh. to say that just his kid plays in the bchl so i wouldn't be surprised if travis doesn't just bolt for california and stays we'll see
3: i like to imagine him ryan miller BXA, yeah, uh, everybody living on the same little stretch.
1: I want to know <laughs> what happened with Scott Walker because it was reported that they talked to him and he said no. And then like a day later, he's coming here as an assistant with Bruce Boudreaux.
5: <laughs> yeah. A couple more dollars got added to the to the check, I yeah, guess. A couple more zeros at the end of the check. Uh, That's yeah. Awful. Yeah, Can't, um, What I can, can,
4: can I- say is Scott Walker definitely was... W- thinking about coming here, but there were some outside factors that kind of held him out um, that, that made him say no. Um, and I don't know if that's because he wanted to be an assistant coach and didn't want to be a head coach. Cause uh, right now all indications are that he'll be replacing Nolan Baumgartner as the defense coach. Uh, but again, like it's interesting to what Cody said that maybe a couple dollars got added on because look like Scott Walker was with the organization from, I believe 2015 to 2019 and, um, And then he just, he left. Right. And to, to, for him to come back, there was a lot of whispers that he left the organization because much like Alex Edler and all these other guys that we've seen have Mm. having problems with the organization, you know, potentially saw something that he didn't like about the organization and left again, that is not me reporting anything. That is very, very much. So just rumors that have been kind of floated around. Um, But I think the main thing with, with Scott Walker was that he just, he wanted something different. And uh, whether that be for family reasons, we don't know. Like, again, that's why it's very firmly whispers that it's anything to do with the organization. Cause it could very well be just a family thing.
5: It could also be like, I wonder if maybe Bruce Boudreaux talked to him and said like, Hey, come right out the year with me in Vancouver. The owner is the guy signing us to our deals. And if the new <laughs> GM doesn't want wow. us, well, guess what? we can get bought out and we get paid for a year of work we don't ever have to do and i mean that's like a pretty enticing proposal If like hey work six months or seven months and you might not even need a job or have a job afterwards but you get the experience you get a a fat juicy paycheck during uh, some lean COVID years like that's a that's a tough one to turn down to be honest and For me, this is wonderful because I love the idea of the Aquilini uh, investment group spending, I don't know how many untold millions of dollars on three sets of coaching staffs in 2022 and 2023. That's great. (laughs) The more money they waste on a coaching staff that is elevating this team from 32nd to 29th, like that's great. The more money wasted, the better. Less money you can
3: spend on a high profile GM. And so you have to stick with this whole like triumvirate, quadumvirate situation with like six people making decisions.
5: Uh, and, it, and the sad thing is it's the same people too. Like I know a lot of gloss and shine is going to be thrown at like, oh, look, we're we're doing the collaborative effort with all these guys in the organization. And it's like, it's still the same guys who've been here for seven, eight years of the Benning regime. like plus the Sedins who are like four months into their job like that that shouldn't inspire confidence the way I think the organization would want you to think it's going to be the way I made it sound
3: (laughs) uh what do you guys think about uh any more thoughts about hiring a
5: coach without a GM now that we know the GM's gone uh, it's, it's a pretty bad sign, <laughs>
0: uh,
5: but, but like I said, it's great that if the owner is assigning these guys without a GM, like then they're probably going to be gone when an I mean, actual GM comes in.
1: It's not the first time Aquilini's hired a coach.
5: Yeah. And, part, uh, part, part yeah,
1: last time it. it was super entertaining. So hopefully mm-hmm. this time it'll be entertaining too. Yeah. Before
3: when I thought it was, this is all the news that we were going to get. I just assumed like, I don't know if this is going to be better. We, it might be a little bit more exciting at least. Uh, having the owners hire a person they think is big and shiny. And I'm, I'm not referring to his head, uh, <laughs> but uh, they just wanted somebody who could yell and uh, that they've heard of being successful in the past. And I was like, yeah, at, at the worst, it's going to be the Tortorella year again. Uh, maybe no fights, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, but uh, I just assumed he's going to flame out in one or two years. And that, kind of lends credence to Cody's theory about <clears throat> this being like just such a good sell for these two guys to to show up uh, knowing their job is secure and knowing that they, if they get fired, well, they still have that second
5: year. I'm just looking at Bruce Boudreaux's track record, his head coaching record on Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. It's uh, it's a lot really? of quarterfinals, a lot of second round. Oh yeah.
1: Well the, well, the yeah. knock on the knock on Boudreaux was always that he couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like winning percentage, like I- I'll be honest with you. Like, I think this is probably if, if you're going to go with the classic Aquilini hires a guy whose name he's heard before thing, this is probably like the best guy they could have gone with. He's got a really strong record, at least in the regular season, uh, he coached some uh, pretty like mediocre Anaheim teams to some pretty decent seasons. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Bruce Boudreau, uh, largely just because JD is a big fan of Bruce Boudreau. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, he's probably see he seems like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so, um, I mean, uh, Justin cut that, uh, cut, cut out the part where I said something nice about JD. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that, it's a good hire as far as what, uh, as who is out there right now. Like maybe you would have gotten more names if you had waited until the end of the season, but like, I don't think they could have waited until the end of the season. Like everything was so, was already so toxic. Tensions were already so high. Like I don't see how they could have waited other than just going with an interim. And I just think like, I don't know. I think this is honestly in some ways like an attempt to salvage the season, at least from a like fan interest perspective, even if not uh, from an actual like standings perspective. I think uh, I think it's a it's a pretty savvy hire in that sense, because I do think like the kind of person who is uh, who, you know, affects the Canucks attendance is going to be like, oh, Bruce Boudreau, he's good, right? And,
3: you know. Sorry, he... I'm, just, I'm just laughing because in the background right now, uh, in a separate chat that even Cody and Quad aren't in, uh, Mallory is trying to deduce uh, where Francesco Acolini and Elias Patterson, uh <laughs> were hanging out for dinner. Mallory's on like Street View right now. <laughs> looking at the restaurant, which I'm pretty sure- Well, we
6: I know like. what the angle is of the photo. And so I'm trying to match up <laughs> these windows. And you my main problem is also that I was trying to look this up so I could look at the menu of the restaurant. It's a hot one. But one problem place. I'm having is that you can only get little snacks. Um. Yeah. It also, it tops out like a something tops out at like $10. So it also doesn't track there.
2: Well, it does. But I think, does that any own theory? It's is that not how, how you theory. pronounce that? Yeah.
1: Okay. Thierry?
2: Thierry.
5: Thierry?
1: Guy Thierry. Guy Thierry. Guy Thierry,
5: yeah. When
3: you have a
1: lisp and you're a fan of Flavortown. Wait, wait, Mel,
3: what were you saying about it tops out at $10? Like,
6: Like your food. Like, all you can get, like, food-wise, like, you can get, like, sweets and stuff in general, but also you can get, like, a quiche for, like, $10. Yeah, Their cafe stuff is, like, very...
3: That's just yeah. That that's that's a place you go for for like drinking chocolate. He's already uh fancy,
2: fancy. Well, chocolate.
6: why do you take your athlete there? Maybe uh,
3: maybe he just ran yeah. in. Yeah, you
2: should take your athlete to like I don't know an Italian steakhouse that you own. This seems like a much more likely much. candidate. Does it really matter where they went? Yes. Yeah. it Does <laughs> right? Yeah. Mallory wants snacks.
6: Have you ever considered? <laughs> it does. <laughs>
1: It's uh
3: it's a it's a nice place for uh for some for some fancy
1: chocolate. He's gonna be paying three Again, coaching staffs. Snacks. He's gonna be paying three coaching staffs next year. He just doesn't want to pay for a full meal. Yeah, no full meal. You also buy
2: Pedersen two
1: cream puffs. Yeah. <laughs> a coffee and some lady fingers.
3: Um yeah, and he, he probably doesn't wanna want, want the Elias to put on put on the extra pounds because clearly he let he let Travis like work him uh, this last couple of weeks.
5: Maybe he does want him to gain weight because he's buying into like Ben Kuzma's line of questioning about whether he's not big <laughs> enough or or you know he doesn't have the height or the size to play in the NHL. And so he's fully bought in. So he's going around to all the players to be like, "How can we plump you up? How can we fatten you up? You're, You're not bones. eating enough. <laughs> You're not eating enough. What's your mom feeding you? Oh, right, she's in Sweden. Okay, well,
1: you said it, Kuz. <laughs> that's my it.
5: favorite. That's my favorite thing. That
1: uh, that's that's oh. the number one thing I'll miss about Travis Green is Travis Green saying, "You said it, Kuz." After every bad uh, Ben bad a question. <laughs> so I know
3: Boudreaux's reputation. Uh, only through the YouTube videos that I keep reposting about him okay. saying how hey, you got to fucking want it. Uh, but is he is he bristly with media? Like, is quads going to get reamed out one of these days? I kind of want to to know.
4: I feel like I'm, I can be comfortable saying this now, like publicly, but <laughs> I, if, if Mike Babcock got hired here, I was going to make it my life goal to make Mike Babcock like publicly hate me like i was just gonna be so mean to mike babcock <laughs> like probably pretty unfair but also like i don't think you nope. can be unfair with a guy like that so i was like yeah that was I, my goal love if so he got much. hired here and i obviously wasn't going to say that because that makes it look like i'm doing a bit but yeah that was my goal like <laughs> babcock like you know how like tortorella like absolutely hated botch
5: yeah and yeah.
4: everybody obviously sides with botch there i was like you know what that's going to be my guy. But Babcock, I like don't like Mike Babcock already. So I was like, if he gets hired here and I get to talk to him every day, I'm going to make it my goal for him to absolutely hate me. I don't think don't he me.
1: hated Botch. I think Botch just drove him insane. But yeah, yeah he didn't hate Botch like he hated uh, Larry Brooks. <laughs> um, what? Oh, yes, that's right. What?
4: Larry Brooks. Oh, That's, that's, that's the one. I, I, I will say, uh,
1: from what I have heard, Bruce Boudreaux is supposed to be like famously like, one of the nicest, most affable people in hockey. Yes. Yeah. That's what Every I always day hear. Day. What's his nickname? Gabby loves oh. to talk. Oh. Uh, he skis a little cutie. Uh, he's, he's just, he's, oh, I just it. want to like poke him like the Pillsbury Doughboy.
5: The only thing I know about uh, Boudreaux is that gif of him like angrily saying fuck and it says darn on the bottom instead.
4: <laughs> 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 That's right.
5: And I love that oh. gif. I like to use that gif quite a bit. So I can't wait for him to come and deal with Vancouver Media and have the joy and happiness beaten out of him by Tucker Pullman and Tyler Myers and Luke Shen. <laughs> well, like, like hey. what, like, do, we, do we want to get into it? Like, do we actually think that Bruce Boudreaux is gonna make like more than Talk a marginal it. difference?
4: No, this is this is what I want to point out is is everybody's talking about, oh well, he's gonna let the forwards go flying. Like, yeah, he is, but then it's also people are going to see firsthand. Oh, why is the team defense sucking all of a sudden? I thought the blue line was great. Like if Bruce Boudreaux coaches the way that he has in the past, all it's going to do is shine a way bigger spotlight on how bad the blue line is. Cause I'm sure you guys have seen this. It's driving me fucking nuts seeing everybody be like, well, the defense obviously isn't the problem because look at the five on five defense numbers. They've improved as if it's not the forwards coming back and like, the defense not being able to move out a puck. That's yeah. I muted you already, so, so I don't badly. notice this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, shouts
1: yeah. out to Justin, who uh w- was like on this from day one saying that uh, the reason that the Canucks can't score is because all their uh, forwards are cheating on defense because the back end sucks so much. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that uh, Tucker Pulvid giveaway, by the way? Uh, which the, one? Uh, no, it was yeah, the... the game, it was the game uh, against. Uh fuck the I one that like led a, directly to a goal the one I that led I, like that led directly to a goal was just like the most beautiful like not since lucas spisa have we seen uh, a defense would just directly pass to a uh unopposed no, he, he it passed was,
3: it like, to like Horvat's feet he, right? he shot yeah, it that's like, what it was yeah
5: he like one time to shot into Horvat's feet it <laughs> ricocheted back and then pullman was late to react and he got burned wide because he had no idea what to do It was so embarrassing. I I think I'm sure you guys saw me like clipping games earlier in the season. And one of my favorites is him teeing up a one-timer and missing point blank. And it's like the most perfect setup from Quinn Hughes. Like you'd have to be an idiot to miss it. And he misses falls to the ice and a breakaway happens the other way. And it's, it's all I can see is that like that contract four by 2.5 million. Like I, I actually made notes in anticipation of this episode, because we were originally just going to talk about the farm team because they of course lost to the worst team in the division and the Canucks lost at the same time. And it was going to be a great time to revisit our last episode together where we talked about the farm team and how they're going to be pretty good. And some of the takes we had about Pullman were so funny. Like we were basically talking about how it was just such an unforced error to have signed him to a four year, $2.5 million deal. And the most we offered up at, for expectations of him was that he's going to be like Luke Shen of 2018-19, but worse. And I don't know about you guys, but he has been like Jalen Chatfield, but worse. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: He's been, I want to, I would say, like, even in, even on a team that's had, like, Spisa and Matt Bartkowski and Derek Pouliot, like, he looks to me like the worst regular Canucks defender that I have seen
4: in ever.
1: So he is really terrible.
4: Down. He's honestly probably, like, if you have to pick one, he's going to go down as Jim Benning's Miko Koskinen, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the last middle finger to the organization, and not even intentional, just like the organization is going to look at it and be like, wow, we really let this guy make decisions for eight years? Like, what took so long?
5: What did take so long? How, like, why, why did it take until a Jersey being thrown on the ice? Like how, after the team start, did this not happen sooner for a team that has been as impatient as possible on every single decision? How did it take until now? My uh, new number one get
1: that I want for the podcast is the guy who threw the Jersey on the ice that got Jim Benning fired. Did you see people
5: snitch tagging him in videos too? Yeah, I saw that. that Good. So I, he
1: deserves all the credit that uh he can get because <laughs> no, for real. Like uh I said I think like earlier today even that uh that's probably the best thing you can do as a fan at, at the arena if you want to like voice your opinion like not buying tickets isn't going to work. a lot of thing you can do. That's Starting the- a yeah. chant like probably isn't going to work like The camera isn't gonna pan to you if you have a sign, but the guy who throws the jersey, like that, it's always a story. It's always a story every single time it happens. Uh unless you're like Edmonton and it happens. I was gonna say
2: it wasn't a story in Edmonton after the fifth time it
1: happened. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh Yeah, I I thought
3: what was gonna happen was that we were gonna see home game after home game, including maybe some road games where Canucks fans sneak in and (laughs) throw the jerseys onto the ice, but the broadcast would kind of get uh, get a notice from up high to like not broadcast that part and to treat it like a streaker was coming onto the ice (laughs) Uh, and they just pan to a very boring section of the arena and just uh, just try to waste time but uh, but no going back to my 2018 contribution to a Canucks army uh, airing of grievances oh yeah uh, uh, the owners are reactionary in both senses of the word we actually had fans there to watch, uh, and to yell and chant and throw jerseys on the ice for the first time in two years, and people saw it on national TV now. So uh, I think it was the bodies and seats. And two or three years ago, they still to, to us they didn't have the excuse of saying that they had time to rebuild. But uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't across the entire fan base that there was uh, there was no more no more faith in the management team. But now there is none, and. Now there's fans in the seats. Now there's, now you can make noise. Now you can throw trees on the ice and they didn't, they don't want to see another game of this. And then and they reported a few weeks ago that after the road stretch, the management is going to make a call here. Uh, and I took that a lot, took all that with a grain of salt, but the, the timing does line up.
5: It's fun, kind of interesting too, because I think, didn't Jeff Merrick say on his show, like last week, mid, like midweek that, Oh, you know what? I think, uh, the anger has quieted down. They're really going to take their time and maybe do their audit for the rest of the season or whatever. And so, all it took was, I guess, that one jersey being thrown and the pretty loud chanting on Hockey Night in Canada to actually institute change in the organization. So, like, throwing your jersey works. Kudos to that guy. He, like, to all the people that say throwing a jersey is dumb that actually got things going in the right direction for this team.
1: It's also less of a waste of money than flying a giant banner behind a plane.
5: (laughs) Well, yeah. Which, like,
1: you know, I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying, you know, do whatever you want. And, like, that was pretty funny. But uh, for all the people being like, oh, that's a waste of money or whatever, like, well, uh, people. Who's
3: going to notice the banner? Like, yeah, it's like, what is that thing up in the sky? But it's not going to get, like, hockey media to talk about it as much, right? Like, no, all eyes are on the game when it's at a rink. That's
2: the time you do it. Yeah, people are whining that it's wasteful or whatever, but like, if the Aquilini's have any business sense, they'll just auction off the jersey that led to Jim Benning getting fired. Like, that is a piece <laughs> of Canuck's lore now. It is a holy relic. Is there a, uh,
1: maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go around in a circle here from each of you. And uh, is there a moment that stands out above the rest in the Jim Benning tenure as your favorite or, uh, maybe the funniest Uh, start with you, Cody, you seem like uh, you would have a good answer to that.
5: Well, there's so many, I, between all of his press conferences where he just looked woefully inadequate for the position he was holding. Like, I love those. I'll miss those, to be honest. Like Mm -hmm. there's something just like wonderful about listening to a person in a very high position of power, try to enunciate and speak like a very (laughs) normal, simple sentence. Like, we like the compete of this player and it takes like a minute and a half. Like, that's really funny to me. And like, I don't mean to shame him, but like, it just shows the guy is clearly not good for public speaking, but my favorite thing. And I think I've actually talked about this on the program before is when he elevated the contract value of Jalen Chatfield before (laughs) he had actually signed him. And it was during the the off season where obviously Aquilini had, Cut off the taps and said, We're not spending any money. So you're going to have to, you know, make do with what you have in the system. And so he spent like the entire summer basically hyping up Chatfield as the next Chris Tanev after like choosing to not re sign Chris Tanev. And then (laughs) Chatfield's agent coming out and saying, Oh, yeah, by the way, we're fielding offers from KHL teams because he's, you know, a Chris Tanev like player. And, uh, Well, if Jim wants us to stick around, that'd be great, but it's going to cost him. And then Chatfield signs for like one of the higher AHL salaries in the entire league. Like he, he got, he basically raised the value of someone he was negotiating with, like just through just talking out of his ass, putting his foot in his mouth. And that to me is just amazing. I'm going to miss that so much. I would have loved to see him in this year end review, talking about Tucker Pullman's first year. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we were robbed of that moment.
5: Yeah, and that's that kind of sucks. Like, I would have just one last time for like shits and gigs. Just, just an audit from Jim Benning on what went wrong with this season. I guess we can still technically get it if he's going to be doing a uh, a post Canucks regime interview and what he thinks oh, no goes way. wrong. I mean, he might. You never know. Uh, I'm I, sure. I'm sure Donnie and Dolly are going to have him on and do the the career image rehab for him by saying <laughs> what a nice guy he is and. finding out what went wrong and not actually pay attention to what actually went wrong. But hey, there's still a chance.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's keep going with the guests. Uh, Mal, do you have a favorite Jim Benning Um,
6: I mean, I think that obviously because I love things that are extremely stupid, I have to say the McCann for Branson (laughs) trade, but because (laughs) of the lore behind it as well, it's a horrible trade, and also for the uninformed, allegedly he was traded for sleeping with a teammate's significant other.
1: Thatcher Demko, baby, I'll say. it. That's well, the that's the story I've heard anyways.
6: But also, well, I mean, it is just
1: fundamentally a
6: horrible system. trade. Oh, yeah. So.
1: No. yeah, yeah He's just, for sure. just the most, like, every time Jared McCann scores, I just, like, giggle a little bit.
5: That is going to be a lasting legacy for Jim Benning is like all the guys that are having successful seasons right now, scoring and doing well. Like Jonathan Dolan has like two points tonight for me. San Jose. Like yeah. That's so funny. All in one
3: broke me. Yeah.
5: That, that one hurt quite a bit. It was just so emblematic of like his regime of just jumping as soon as he can, jumping ship based on like one thing he hears and getting the worst return possible on He's it. Selling the high St- on the Steve uh, Gremlin.
1: Selling high on uh, Gustav Forsling to get Adam <laughs> Um Elliot, you were saying something a second ago, but it got drowned. Oh, I would just believe all these
2: rumors way more about players sleeping with teammates wise if it wasn't always the backup goalie.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Speaking of backup goalies, uh, quads, when is Mikey Di Pietro getting his call
4: up?
5: Honestly, <laughs> I don't
4: think he's getting one this year, but he should because he's still better than Yaro Halak. And maybe Thatcher Demko, like who knows?
5: Right. quads i'll send you the videotape of the goals he's allowing yeah. and uh we'll discuss later
4: <laughs> yeah you know what i actually do want to discuss that not on this podcast no of course not <laughs> I don't want to all your listeners but i I've, I've been looking at that and uh once i find out what i'm supposed to say from ian clark i'll have a take <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: quads how about yourself is do you have a favorite jim benning moment
4: uh coming out and saying uh well, there's other goalie coaches when it didn't look like he was gonna be able to sign Ethan Park <laughs> as that was going to like uh fend the flames, but no, that's not actually my favorite moment. I, I wanna say when he was tampered or fined for tampering, right? Oh, like yeah. a good one. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's been a couple that's, times that's an old one. Outrageously enough, there's been a couple times, but the one I like the most is just the story that Drance has told about him and Botch at the draft and uh how he got fined for tampering, and then Botch was chasing the story and went and talked to Mark Bergevin about it, and like Mark, how do you feel about this? And Mark Bergevin's like, yeah, like it sucks. Like we don't like what people tamper. Um, and it's just I don't know that that was probably my favorite, or like more recently when I asked that question in the press conference, like that's a selfish answer, but that one. Uh, i don't know i had a lot of people in my mentions. it was a good feeling it's a milestone it's a good Graham one tweeted out that i threw him in my air fryer that cracked me up <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh my my favorite uh just because it relates to like it's also a thing that involved me um my favorite moment of jim bedding's tenure was when uh the old canucks army when i was still the managing editor there the old canucks army uh social media guy like put out a tweet making fun of how Jim Benning talks and then uh, everyone flipped at me for doing ableism (laughs) they were like they were like he has a speech impediment it's not funny to joke about that (laughs) that was a real thing I heard from like multiple different people that uh that I that it was like uh that I was like being mean to disabled people by uh making fun of Jim Benning's uh extremely stupid way of talking (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't,
3: I don't think he, I mean, maybe cut this out, but I don't think he has a speech impediment. I think. No,
1: he he just isn't a good speaker. Yeah. Like, he's just yeah, not yeah, a good yeah.
3: speaker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the people who were defending <laughs> him were like being, they're the, actually doing the, ableism. Yeah. Like they're yeah. being worse to him than I, than, well, I didn't even do anything. It was, it was Chad's fault.
3: Well, you were just, a, you were the manager. I was just the, the manager. manager. That's all. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And people yeah. got so mad. That's like the most mad, I think. That was ever.
3: right around the period where there was really, uh, really a wedge in the fan base, though. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people looking for reasons to defend him and, and to mm-hmm. rip on anybody who's going after him.
1: Yep. And where oh. are those people now? My yeah, opinion there. has not changed.
3: <clears throat> Run know. off the radio. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how about you, Elliot? Do you have a favorite Jim Benning moment?
2: Yeah, and it can be summed up in four words. Retroactive, no trade clause. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Oh, God. I was away on, like, summer vacation, and just, like, my brother was like, hey, who's Brandon Sutter, and why did the Canucks just sign him to a big deal? Like, is, is he good or something? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a really good one. How about yourself, Vias? Yeah. Um...
3: <laughs> There, there are so many to choose from. We, we could have 10 more guests and we really wouldn't have gone through all of them. But him posting on the, quote, I, don't, I forget who reported oh, this. Oh, NHL him, Craigslist? Him posting on the GM's forum. Yes. Uh, the Garage Sale 7
1: or whatever it was
3: called. Yeah. Do you, what? Can you elaborate on what it was? I don't remember the full story, but that was my favorite.
1: Oh, let's see if I can find something on it. But it was... Sure. He was trying to get rid of uh um like a, a Chris Higgins, Lyndon Vay. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Chris Higgins, Lyndon Vay. Was it was that Matt Bartkowski? Was he Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, like he was trying to get rid of this this huge group of players that had done absolutely nothing in a Canucks uniform. And he let slip a quote about how like there's a forum that all the GMs post in. <laughs> And he was like, oh, I posted uh, that all, we were open for business on all these guys, but nobody wanted to trade for them.
3: Yeah, it's it's that story. It's the one where a random fan asked him what his thoughts are in the upcoming draft, and he just opened up his suitcase and showed him all the files. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff. The, the stuff that's kind of endearing about him, but I'm so glad that... God, I can't believe I, oh, I can say this now, that it's over.
2: The... the uh... yeah. The Ryan Kessler trade call at the JJ Bean is also an amazing story. Uh Go on. Um, I think Daniel of Passosabulous originally, like, broke this. But somebody's brother was just at a JJ Bean. And one of the Canucks scouts was on on a call with Jim Benning, basically. And, like, just by sitting in the next booth over, this guy heard, like, all the details of, like, oh, yeah, they're trading... For they're trading Kessler for like probably Nick Benino, maybe Lucas Pisa. and it was just like this guy was just taking a phone call in a coffee shop in a city where at the time the Canucks were important enough that like the rank Kessler trade everybody was thinking about. It's amazing. I didn't move the cover that. on it. Oh yeah. I might be exaggerating it a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that's the that like that's the outline of it.
5: That does ring a bell, and I, I, I without spoiling anything i'm pretty sure he was still doing that kind of shit up until his firing just blatantly uh, talking about uh his organizational plans in public in full was. view of other people
4: yes he was yeah It's like, always great there's a story but yeah, yeah it'll come out one day
3: like if if this if this wasn't the nhl if this was the mlb or the nfl with a lot more money in it it would be so easy to just spy on benning <laughs> if you're another team it'd be so you may not even have to do it because you might just pick up your phone call and tell you but I, I i am excited for more stories to come out the stories that quads will tell us today uh and, and other journalists <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to actually attack you but i'm, I'm sure you know now he's had uh-huh. a job more stories will come out and yes like this this week is going to be fun uh i am scared for uh for what happens next like at the end of the day it is still a family who makes rash decisions and so i'm not immediately uh hopeful but i am happy like i cannot believe that we're talking about
5: this right now it it is a step in the right direction and i use asterisks and i use quotation marks around (laughs) that statement because this this decision should have come a long time ago off of the heels of the the 2018-19 offseason, where they signed Beagle and Roussel. Like, that should have been, like, the warning sign, like the canary in the coal mine, the other canary in the coal mines, when all of those free agents left in 2019-20. Like, basically every offseason, you could have been like, oh, this is maybe the time to act and get someone new in here who won't be reattempting the same game plan every offseason. And, I mean... I...
3: I, I I just as a going away gift, like I just want him to be able to make one more trade. Like I just want, I just uh, want one more. I'm sure he was trying. More cook.
6: Honestly, like what could he do?
5: Let Benning cook.
1: <laughs> Can someone explain that to me? I that person had me blocked. I, let the man
5: cook. Let the man. Let, cook. let him.
1: Let him cook. Let him. Uh, let let him keep doing what he
3: what he's good at. in, in uh, you know, which is <laughs> <Just> nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. I, just, I just want to see, I just want him,
1: I don't know. I, I mean, I be, don't want him out of us, my life. Like my whole us. life
3: has been built around this and nothing's changed over COVID in my life regardless. So I just, this is so weird to me.
5: some <laughs> something structural has changed. You can maybe cross your fingers that Jim Benning immediately gets a job elsewhere in the league and, for one last final deed to Vancouver, he trades for some of the guys that he signed this past off season. Oh, like, yeah. like he goes and works for the Islanders or Boston. And he's like, Hey, can I get Tucker Pullman from you guys? We've got Trent Frederick and he's a pretty big guy and I'll trade to him. <laughs> and I'll give that, you a second too.
1: That is a very Jim Benning style. Like trade, I, Honestly, yeah, that would be so many
3: draft picks like
1: back. redoing the redoing the Eric Branson trade almost. Um, I did find uh, a reference multiple references to the garage sale seven from Jason Botchford. So mm-hmm. I remember, I remember that. Um, unfortunately I can't find a, uh, anything about the, uh, the forum that they posted to though. Unfortunately, that's, that's lost in the ether somewhere.
6: Can we talk about uh, Benning's son getting punched at banter <laughs> What? Do you
3: have anything to say about it? No, I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> well there's definitely and oh god i don't i don't know how to talk about it but there's definitely going to be some imac or somebody else write an article about how the city was horrible to benning and he like uh vancouver didn't deserve benning and they're going to bring up that horrible that horrible night that happened to his son
5: oh, uh,
6: where he actively got robbed and punched not because he was some rich white dude but because he was benning's son is that true no, uh, no, <laughs> that would no be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Be but that's like how their People like lawyer to tried to, or not their lawyer. I don't even know. But somebody <laughs> did try to spin it that way.
4: Andrew Walker. <laughs> His name is Andrew Walker.
5: Yes, <laughs> okay. the man uh, who's consistently wrong about everything was once again wrong about everything.
1: It's amazing that he continues to be wrong as a hobby after doing it professionally for such a long time. I really respect
2: that. Yeah, set a um, love for the game.
1: Yeah, he just loves the game, baby. <laughs> uh, I wanted to quickly uh, run through an old ass article of mine from Canucks Army. I will not uh, read the article, but I will just go through. Uh, it's uh, just a list of all my favorite Jim Benning player comparisons. Uh, this was a this this really <laughs> dissipated over his time here, but it was something that he really like made a name for himself doing early on in this tenure, which was just taking like the mo the just most absolute zeros and comparison comparing them to future <laughs> Hall of Famers. Um, so uh, the first one here is uh, Jake Vertan and is Cam Neely. Uh, when Cam played in junior, he was a real good player, he said, before putting forth a comparison of his own. It's like my patience with Jake vertanen Sometimes with those bigger bodies, you've got to be patient with their development. We've been patient with him because he's a good skater and he's a power forward. Um, Will Lockwood and Yana Kansen. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, oh, uh, Brandon Sutter to Patrice Bergeron and Jonathan Tabbs. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> Benning, you win with players like Brandon Sutter. I'm not comparing him to Patrice Bergeron, but when I was in Boston, Bergeron was a great two-way player for us. Look at Jonathan Taves in Chicago. That's how you win in the playoffs. When we look at Brandon Sutter and all the things he brings, he's going to be in our next wave of core players. I believe his best hockey is still ahead of him. And he was right. He was right. The hat trick was after this. Uh Eric Goodbranson to Zidane Chara. Uh, oh, I just have to open the photo here. His length, he's 6'5". His reach, he uses a long stick. He can get under player skin. We saw Chara in here the other night. I'm not saying Eric is that kind of player. It always starts with I'm not saying, but, uh, but I saw him play for a lot of years, and he was hard to play against because of his his length and his ability to use his stick. Knock but the thing away. about his
3: stick is just the same thing as saying how tall he is. Yeah, like if you're tall, you have a longer
1: stick. Unless you're Willie Mitchell, in which Unless case you, you just you just have a really long stick for some reason.
3: That's because he has big dick energy. Like Willie Mitchell is that cool?
1: He's so that's ahead. the uh that's the kind of vein we see Eric as a shutdown player. Uh okay, some other good ones here. Uh Oli, Oli levy to Nicholas Lidstrom. <laughs> Olivey
3: to an NHL defenseman.
1: That was real oh. that one was really good. Uh Jim Benning on Oli Ulevi. He's a safe, steady player. He plays a little bit like Nicholas Lidstrom. He reads <laughs> the game so well. As the AHL guy in the uh on the call, uh Cody, what do you have to say about that?
5: Oh, that is just so laughable. Like, uh, just comparing him to like a Hall of Fame generational defenseman and is like in his draft year, people like already had a bunch of red flags about his skating ability and like his ability to translate his skills.
1: Uh, my favorite, though, and this is the last one here the Mona Lisa player comparisons. I'm just going to uh, read the tweet from Matthew Sakaris. Uh, Benning says fourth round center. Dmitry Zhukanov is hard on the puck despite small size stature,
5: level. high hockey
1: like... IQ and well-rounded reminds him of Datsuk
5: at the same
1: age. <laughs> God. Uh, and
5: all these evaluations were made probably after Jim saw them at like a single U 18 game. Yeah. You know, and it just like stuck with him. where someone said to him like, Oh, he looks like Lidstrom out there. And he's like, yeah, totally. I get that. That's Lidstrom right there. That's our guy. And uh, I I I don't know. Did we get a, a player comparison of uh, Danila Klimovich yet? I don't another guy another guy scouted by Jim at the U18s and immediately threw him at the top of their draft board because of it. No, I, I don't know if we have honestly. I I, uh, I had one one more thing I wanted to do here.
1: Uh, it's all right with you guys. Uh, I just wanted to quickly highlight an article that uh, Yerky found. Uh, or no, uh, actually Twitter user at currently bacon 13. Uh, this is an article from, uh, the late nineties. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, um, it's by Ian McIntyre. And the headline is without Mark Canada in a mess question mark. And, uh, I got the Intel from, uh, a, uh, someone in the know, I won't say who it is, uh, that uh, this game was against Boston on November 28th, the game that uh, uh, IMAC wrote this after. And uh, the team at the time was 8-14-3. And, three. and uh, everybody already hated Mark Messier by this point. But uh, the money the money quote here that uh, Yerke highlights is, what may be the real reason for Messier's likely omission from the national team this is the olympic team would be hard for anyone to sell that is messier is too strong a leader too dominant a personality for the team canada that officials envision um i won't read the entire thing but it is a uh, super impressive uh hagiography of the most hated canuck in uh in history uh it's really great if you uh go and look at the tweet it's on yerky 21s uh feed I highly recommend reading through it. If you have some time, it is amazing. Uh, Yeah, no, I enjoyed reading that one today too. Uh, Uh,
3: There is, I don't know what else to add. I mean, uh, I guess we could close off and just talking about the disbelief that we have with what's happened and we'll probably do another emergency show or or just a follow-up show later in the week with with some guests we're trying to line up. Yeah. Uh, Just, just to more go deeper into into the betting regime, um, but I'm in disbelief. I, I I'm so glad that we got to record. Uh, literally 10 minutes after, uh, Irfan Gaffar uh, sent out that tweet that all but confirmed everything, and uh, uh Rick Dollywell also confirmed it right after, right before we recorded too.
4: Um, I can't believe tonight's happening. Like, I just i have i have a desire to just like go digging on canucks army and just all the old articles that were written like there was one i think in like 2015 and i think again i was like 15 years old when it came out but like i think it was cam lawrence that wrote it about how all the little mistakes that jim benning was making was going to cost them long term no matter how like good things look the little mistakes would come back to bite them i just want to go back and like look at all of those and then just like point back to them and be like, look how right everyone was. Like even Jackson's, the Canucks are mediocre. Like I've had a lot of fun with that one lately. Cause it's like, <laughs> how badly would this team just love to be mediocre? Like if they were mediocre, <laughs> they'd be like, everything's fine. Everything's going according to plan. Like if they were just mediocre, there would be no firings right now, but they're not, they're like so bad right now. And it's just, Oh, uh, it, it's crazy. Just thinking about it and going back. And I want to get the writers, the writers back. Like Stanch is coming back. To uh to write an article because I don't think the athletics lets him write anything other than the armies so he's <laughs> writing something for us uh which I'm very excited about but yeah I have to I have to call Jackson up Jackson you might have to come uh be like give a I told you so article I'm one sure one night only would...
3: oh my Jackson was born to write that article
4: the yeah. readers
1: would love it I'm sure yeah that's true they probably would I uh I'm just waiting for uh JT Miller to get traded that's my that will be my moment uh yes because I mean. It's probably gonna happen, right? Well now that they've got
2: they have new GMs,
5: like
1: like I mean, I don't know. Do I, I I like what are they gonna do? Like re-sign him when he's 30 and is it gonna cost like a bajillion dollars? Like and they probably don't do that until they actually hire somebody, right? I mean if the if there's an offer that's too good to pass up, then we'll see. But all right. Uh I think that's probably good for today. Uh thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh Cody has left the call because his internet crapped out, know. but uh big thanks to Cody for joining us.
3: Uh yeah, please please follow Cody on Twitter at Cody Severtson, C O D Y S E V E R T S O N. He's uh he's uh probably the most uh the most in tune with the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh he has the best eyes on on that team going on right now and uh he he's a great person to follow if you want to look at clips of games as they're happening and to keep updated on the baby Canucks.
1: Yeah, and uh, Mal, where can the good people find you?
6: Um you can find me uh, at Sports Lesbian and myself, and then I also am at broadcast Pod. Kind
1: the best uh, hockey <laughs> podcast the the best hockey podcast now that uh, Puck Bunnies is no longer, I think.
6: Exactly, you know. And quads.
1: Oh, we have to get Audrey back. Oh, we definitely do.
6: Well, we she's will. supposed to come on for uh Sam's maternity leave, but oh hell yeah, that would be not right. yeah. we have plans and to Christina do... and I are having a special F1 episode. Can I oh my it? god, can
3: I oh fuck
6: so today yeah, was crazy? You should really get excited for Sam's maternity leave. It's called <laughs> Sam's Maternity Leave and Jordan her thesis, aka <laughs> My Time to Shine. Yeah. Can
3: I come on for like 10 minutes for the F1 episode? I, I lost my, like I thought today was already an incredible sports day before the
1: Canuck shit happened. <laughs> I was losing my mind today.
3: I actually wanted to ask you questions, but
4: ugh.
1: all right. Quads plug your shit. <laughs>
4: I had myself muted. Uh, you just go read Canucks Army. I appreciate that. Jackson would appreciate that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> his Friends at uh, Nation Network would also appreciate it. So yeah, go read us at Canucks Army. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Quadrelli, and then Instagram and TikTok as well now. But yeah, uh,
3: yeah, all four accounts on Instagram.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, don't follow. You can the people listening <laughs> follow one account on Instagram. The people the follow are like the only people allowed to follow the uh, all four of my accounts. But yes. Right. Wait,
3: quiet. I have to ask a question. What is the bar for charcuterie for you? Because you, po- I gotta say, you posted a photo of of lunchables and called it charcuterie, and I, that's Italian
1: charcuterie.
4: I ugh. so mine was <laughs> that's <plate> Italian
1: American charcuterie. <laughs> it
4: yeah. was a plate of yeah. cheese and crackers, but then I added pepperoni, so it became a shark coochie board. All mm. right,
1: my fiance is home, so I gotta go uh (laughs) follow the pod on twitter at roxy fever uh donate donate to the patreon donate to the patreon don't follow me produces
3: uh, patreon.com slash roxy fever we love justin follow elliot at miss kayak follow me at the follow jackson at philson mcdonald uh don't do that
1: uh send uh apologies and uh messages of how correct i was about everything to me on twitter uh love you guys talk soon (laughs) bye
4: I swear